fables. If ruining your childhood is something you enjoy, you've come to the right place. Today, Enkidu is bringing us a story from long ago in the faraway land of ancient Greece, when there was a golden age of powerful gods and extraordinary heroes. And the greatest and strongest of these heroes was the mighty Hercules. Uh, that's copyrighted, T. Also, I think you mean Hercules, not Hercules. <laughs> I love it. <clears throat> so if it wasn't apparent, I will be rounding out Disney Month with a favorite movie of mine, Hercules. Who put the glass gladiator? Anyways. That's all we're going to be doing this whole episode is singing, featuring my phone. Um, (laughs) So I'm not going to recap the movie just because there is so much to the myth of Hercules that it would take even longer to recap it and then do the whole story. So we're just going to compare as we go along. So I will do a very tiny, brief little recap here. So in the movie, in the Disney movie, We get to see Hercules get his happily ever after with Megara, and he gives up his chance to be a god to stay with her on Earth. Phil gets his dream of seeing a hero he trained lit up in the stars, and everyone in Thebes talks about how that's Phil's boy. I mean, it sounds like a fantastic story. But Hercules, or Heracles, as he is known in the Greek stories, they chose the Roman name, which is the most common name, um, is a much darker story than what Disney went with. Uh, They did do their research, so even though they changed a lot, you'll see like a lot of nods to the actual myth of it, and honestly, it's pretty impressive how much they managed to actually put into the movie from the story. Oh, I did not know that. Oh, yeah, you'll you'll see. Like, when I talk about some of the stuff, I think if you just, like, keep playing the movie in your head, you'll see all of the characters come in. Mm-hmm. I can do that very well. Yeah, it is a we favorite have, of mine. We should have the movie playing, or like the the song or something playing while we're talking. <laughs> I think that might be. I think we'll, we'll get a copyright strike. Right, we'd have to pay Just for it. Yeah. So. It's all right. As with all of our stories, there is a massive trigger warning on this story. Okay, I cannot stress it enough with this one especially. So this includes rape, murder, war, infanticide, incest, bestiality, suicide, and what some could see as genocide. So again, bestiality? Yeah. Yeah. So if any of this bothers you, please avoid this episode. I repeat, there is rape, murder, infanticide, bestiality, suicide, and genocide. So if this bothers you, do not continue listening to this episode. It is, it is bad. Period. Dead yeah, Period. <laughs> End of discussion. Big trigger warning. Yes. <laughs> do not pass go. Do not collect $200 if you cannot handle what Inkidu <laughs> mentioned that this episode's going to like, I try not to get graphic with any of it, but it is really hard to avoid any of those. Like, yeah. It, welcome to Greek myths. <laughs> Yeah, Um, like with most myths and legends, there are several versions and retellings because they were originally oral stories. So don't at me if you heard of a different Hercules. There's also the difference between the Roman and the Greek. So don't come at me, bro. Okay. (laughs) Also, for 
for your information, I got lazy about halfway through this and stopped looking up pronunciations of names. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. So they might get a little wonky here when I try to pretend like I know what I'm saying. Come at her for that. That's a legit one. <laughs> so let me tell you, some of these names are... Whew. All right. So the story of Hercules is originally a Greek myth, and his name is actually Heracles. On the switch over to Rome, his name was changed to the more familiar Hercules, but the story pretty much stays the same, as I said. I will be using the name Hercules, even though we are doing the Greek version of the myth. So just to avoid confusion. So, <clears throat> one day Zeus, king of the gods and rulers of the skies, lightning and thunder, looks down from his place on Mount Olympus and sees a woman named Alcmene. He is instantly smitten and comes up with a plan to get her into bed with him. Alcmene is married to Amphitryon, who is currently away at war. Zeus uses this opportunity to take on Amphitryon's form and appears to her door, proclaiming that the war is over and he has returned. Alcmene is so excited to hear this news that she welcomes her husband back with open arms and the two have sex, because that's what you do when you come back from a really long war. <laughs> Zeus takes his leave in the middle of the night and returns to Mount Olympus. When Zeus arrives, he is greeted by his wife's sister Hera, and she is not happy. She is the goddess of marriage and childbirth, and as such does not approve of Zeus sleeping around with other women. And honestly, I can't really blame her. Back on Earth, Alcmene wakes up to an empty house. She thinks this is strange, but doesn't worry much, and assumes that her husband is in town or doing something. He just got back from a war and probably wants to see everybody. So later that night, Amphitryon returns home from the war, and when he arrives, he greets his wife, saying how much he missed her, and that now that the war is over, he is free to live at home. Alcmene finds this odd and tells her husband that he literally just told her this yesterday. Amphitryon assures her that he literally just left the war and came straight home. This is his first time coming back. So upon hearing this, Alcmene realizes <laughs> what happened and explains to him that she believes Zeus appeared to her as Amphitryon and then had sex with him. How she knows that it's Zeus as opposed to any other god, I electricity. <laughs> That's why it was so electrifying. I don't, know. Like, I, I don't know why. I mean, he does have a reputation, but so do all of the other gods, but she just it knows. It must have been Zeus. <laughs> him. I, I don't know. So Amphitryon is upset at the news, but he is actually a pretty amazing guy and doesn't blame his wife for it. When it becomes apparent that she is pregnant, Amphitryon even stays with his wife and helps her through what is probably a really scary time knowing she's about to give birth to a demigod. I imagine that can't be easy. So Hera watches his pregnancy and, being the goddess of childbirth, finds herself unable to stop the process or even terminate the child. She is angry and wants someone to pay for what Zeus did, but her husband brother is too powerful for her to take on, so she instead turns her rage to Alcmene and her unborn child. She waits for the baby to be born before doing anything, because once the child is born, she doesn't have anything to do with child rearing. She's the goddess of childbirth, not child care, so she doesn't give a fuck. So this birth is grueling. Hera makes it the most painful experience possible and also extends how long she's actually pregnant and in labor. So she's like, <laughs> way past term, labor for days. Hera how long? How long was she pregnant for? I have no idea. <laughs> she was just pregnant for a really long time. 
no it wasn't like that it's like she was due and it was like a couple of weeks past when like they would assume you would give birth and then like you know one of those horror stories of i was in labor for 72 hour nonsense type thing so she's like in labor for a really long time she was in labor for another four years (laughs) (laughs) probably that that way So they do survive, and Alchemy and Amphitryon find themselves the parents of a bouncing baby boy. As Alchemy cradles the baby, Hera decides that this is the time to act and sends two serpents down to kill the baby. The snakes sneak down from the roof, approaching Alchemy and the baby, and by the time Amphitryon and Alchemy notice them, it is too late, and they strike. But before they can injure the baby, he reaches out and grabs them and starts flinging them around like one of those ribbon dancers in the Olympics. Just full-on craziness. So, obviously, he's super strong. He's a Disney. I told you. Like, this is, like, they did a lot. <laughs> so he literally whips them to death and then just kind of tosses them aside in a bloody mess. So after that traumatic experience, for the parents, not for baby Hercules. He doesn't give two shits. They realize that Hera's not really gonna bless this child and scared for their lives and her retribution, they take the baby to a nearby forest and leave it to die. So Athena, goddess of wisdom and warfare, sees this and decides to intervene. After all, this child would be her half-brother and deserves to be loved and cared for. So she scoops up the baby and returns to Mount Olympus, approaching her stepmother, Hera. She tells Hera that she needs to care for the baby because she is responsible and the child has done her no ill will. As the goddess of wisdom, Hera begrudgingly agrees to her stepdaughter's request and takes the child nursing it. Demigods are just like human babies and and while nursing, he bites her nipple. Now, (laughs) I know... (laughs) The Titania has not had the pleasure of experiencing this. (laughs) Let me tell you, this some painful shit. (laughs) So when a baby bites down on your nipple, it fucking hurts and you just instinctively react. Like I swear, the one time Amy did it, I definitely reached out and smacked her. It fucking hurts. It, it like you don't even think it's just like react. Oh, like batting it away yeah, type like, of snap, like, not like an immediate reaction. Yeah, it is. <sighs> See, it hurts. So now I'm glad that I'm terrified of breastfeeding. <laughs> it is so, a very painful experience. Teeth are no. Yeah, like, I, it is. It I'm is good. Yeah. <laughs> so her never have a kid. Nope. <laughs> chomps down on a nipple, and hair like huh, fuck this. So. So she tossed him off the mountain. <laughs> hey, she's a really overdramatic about it, but like, I get it. I get you, bro. I feel for you. So when this occurs, she tosses the baby away from her and her breast milk sprays across the sky, which creates the Milky Way, guys. No joke. Her tit milk makes the Milky Way. You're welcome. Titty milk. <laughs> I've been... Yes. I, I have been teasing Alice about tit milk <laughs> this thing with no context. Just, it has tit milk in it. And that was it. <laughs> My question is, if she hadn't recently had a baby, why is she able to breastfeed? 
So she is the Do goddess of bleak milk all the time. So she is the goddess of childbirth, so the birthing process, and a lot of women can lactate before they give birth, as well as I mean, and then typically almost always after they give birth. So I just assume that that's just a thing that she can do is just produce milk. She's also magic a power, titty milk. Right, she's a <laughs> goddess, so she can do whatever the fuck she wants, like yeah. and make the milk way. Right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's the milk. I, 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 I was not ready for that. I, really <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love it. It's so good. You guys are welcome. All right. So the queen goddess that. demands that Athena remove the child and her stepdaughter does so. So Athena returns to earth and presents Alchemy with the baby and tells her that she needs to raise it. Obvi, because Hera ain't gonna do it. So the parents agree because literally who argues with a god of wisdom? And they give the child the name Heracles, or as we will refer to him from now on, Hercules. Heracles means glory to Hera, so they assume that by naming him this, it will appease her. And I know you hate this child, but we also named it after you. Does that help? No, let's just say it doesn't. Hera fucking hates this child. <laughs> Every fiber of her being. <laughs> so... So Amphetrion and Alcmene try their best to raise Hercules, but it is difficult. Having a demigod with incredible strength means broken items at home, broken bones of the kids he plays with, death of some farm animals, and maybe even the death of somebody else when he's a teenager. Just saying. I'm going to give half a point to Disney there. <laughs> they do a really good they job of that scene. They he was a disaster. Yeah, they, they do a really good job of that scene where, yeah, mm -hmm. he like has this crazy strength. <laughs> Really destroys a, a small, yeah, you know, yeah. Like they, again, <laughs> yeah. you know, him lifting up the house. Like they, they do pretty good. Yeah. So, where was I? Oh yes, death. So Hercules is accused of murder and is tried for the crime. And when so he was just a teen when this happens. So before the murder and before the trial, so I'm gonna back up a little bit here. Mm -hmm. So he is sent to be trained with the centaur Chiron, 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 Chiron. Okay. Um, and Chiron is a really famous uh, centaur in the Greek myths. He is known as the trainer of heroes. So he has trained most notably Perseus, Theseus, Jason, Ajax, Odysseus, and the god Dionysus, as well as Hercules. So he's trained literally all of them. <laughs> he's like, hmm. I know how to train a demigod. Let me do it. So, um, so that's Chiron. That's Chiron. <laughs> Chiron. AKA Phil. Yeah, yeah. So, so you have Chiron, which is the centaur, and then you have Chiron, which is the ferryman of the dead. So, their names are not spelled the same, but they are pronounced almost identical. Uh, so, yeah. So, while training um, does help Hercules to kind of like learn his strength and kind of control it. Um, kind of like the montage mm -hmm. uh, movie. Um, he still kind of lacks this understanding that humans and mortals are not as strong as him and can't withstand what he does. So it's kind of like becomes a running issue. So back to the murder. So as punishment for this, he is sent away to work in a field and be a sheep herder far away from anyone else in an environment where he can fully <laughs> learn to control the strength without the, you know, murder aspect mm -hmm. so uh, hercules is what is referred to in literature as a tragic hero 
their tragic hero doesn't just have like a really tragic story or like a really sad thing happen to them. The true mark of what is called a tragic figure is having a tragic flaw or a harmatia. So the most notable harmatia to come from Greek stories is that of Achilles because his Achilles heel. It's like mm-hmm. a phrase we even use today. Like that, that is the epitome of it. Right. So you may ask yourself, why am I bringing this up right now? Mm-hmm. So I want you guys to pay attention to the story and see if you can guess what Hercules' harmony is, because he does have a tragic flaw that okay. is kind of apparent as you progress. We will get to it at the end. Don't guess. <laughs> Just be thinking about it as we go. Because I was going to pull it out of Disney and see if they were right. <laughs> a lot of crazy shit happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... It is as much a strength as it is a weakness. So it's kind of this like dual edge irony, your greatest strength is your greatest weakness sort of thing. So, um, oh shit, where was I? Sheep, okay. Mm-hmm. So Hercules is off tending to the sheep one day and sparks this army marching ready for battle and coming towards his hometown. So he immediately leaves the field and rushes into town calling on every able-bodied man that he can to help him fight this army. So they all gather up their arms, which I'm assuming is more like pitchforks because these are poor country people. And they join Hercules on the battlefield and are victorious. And Hercules even manages to kill the king of the army that was invading because he was in battle with him. So this army was on the way to Thebes, ah, famous Thebes. And he was planning to destroy everyone in sight and take prisoners as slaves because slaves are like a hot commodity. Always. Mm-hmm. So the king of Thebes, Creon, hears this heroic battle and asks for the hero who slayed the king to join him and take his daughter as his bride. You will never guess what her name is. Helen. Meredith. Megara. Megara. Oh, really? Yeah. They pulled that name out yeah. of the story? That's legitimately. I it up. No. Megara, Meg, really? I totally thought they were just like, what name could we do? No, that's legitimately her name. name. <laughs> it's literally her name. I give it two points for that one. Two points for this <laughs> So there's Good job, there's, Disney. I'm so proud of you. There's wife number one. Yeah, this is wife, wife number one. <laughs> We need a wife counter. We need a wife counter. <laughs> Megara is wife number one, and that's where the movie cuts out. Yeah, so they don't. I think we need a sequel. They're yeah. making a live action. They need. They need a lot more sequels. All right. So we have. <laughs> Yeah, Megara. So they have this happy life living in the country, and they have oh. three sons. <sighs> okay, let me. Got to prepare myself for these names. So they have Theomachus, Dekun, and Creontiades. What was that last one? Creontiades. It's named after her. I heard crayon titties. <laughs> crayon titties. Okay. Creontiades. It's, it's named after her dad, King, King Creon. Okay. So this happiness that they have is short-lived because Hera has to find out about this and poke her head in where it don't belong. Mm-hmm. Again, so she's compelled to help with the babies be born, but once they pop out, she ain't got nothing to do with taking care of these babies. She don't give two bucks. Right. So one night, Hera devises a scheme that is actually known as the Madness of Hercules. This is about, shit's about to get crazy. So on this night, everything is going as normal. 
He returns from working the fields, has dinner with his wife and kids, start a night of relaxing. Megara puts the boys to bed in their cribs. But as the events unfold, Hercules can't seem to shake this feeling that something just isn't right. Something's going really wrong. Can't figure out what it is. Just feels really off. So he's trying to pinpoint it and kind of like looking around like, where is this coming from? Spider sense is tingling. Where is it coming from? And as he's looking around, he starts to see things that will forever change him. So he looks at his wife, Megara. But she isn't Megara. She is a corpse walking around as if she wasn't a nightmare straight from Hades. She's a skeletal dead being. So Hercules flips his shit and realizes that he just had sex on multiple occasions with the corpse. And let's say that's gross. Oh, I guess I should have put necrophilia in here. (laughs) Wait, so she's actually dead? We'll see. So then he looks at his kids, right? Because he's like, oh, shit, I had a baby with this corpse. And guess what he sees? That's a logical thought. Corpse baby is lying in these cribs, right? So he flies into a frenzy, screaming at her for lying to him and betraying him. She's on the floor pleading with him to see reason. He's just having none of it because all he sees is corpses. So in this frenzy, he scoops up the boys from their crib and tosses them into the fireplace. Burning them alive. So. Oh, my top list. But like top ways not to die. <laughs> so Megara loses her shit. As any reasonable person would. Crying on the floor. Probably lobbing things at Hercules. And trying to save her kids. So when the babies finally die. In this fire. The madness disappears. And Hercules sees his wife. As she has always been. And always will be. And sees the burned corpses of his kids who aren't really corpse children anymore. I mean, they are. Well, I mean, they are now. now. But <laughs> they are now. They weren't previously undead. No. And now he realizes that he murdered three innocent babies that were his own. Yay. Thanks, Hera. So with wow, what a bitch. It gets worse. <laughs> So with this knowledge, Hercules sinks into a deep depression, trying to cope with this murder that he just committed. So Megara, of course, tells her dad, the king, that, look, my husband literally just killed our children. But Hercules is a war hero, so they can't just kill him. So instead, Hercules is exiled. He is so overcome with grief that he actually goes to kill himself. So he, like, goes to, I think he was, like, going to drown himself or something like that. And he actually comes across his cousin, Theseus. Yes, the Theseus who bests the labyrinth and kills the Minotaur, that Theseus. So Theseus is the kind of, sort of, pseudo-child of Poseidon, but not really a demigod. (laughs) So his mother walked into some water and was possessed by Poseidon, and then she got prego and had Theseus. So immaculate conception (laughs) somehow. No, I think the water was semen. <laughs> Look, I don't know. That's well, how he was it's born. It's an ocean, so of course it's full of semen. <laughs> Get it? No. Get it? That's why it's bad luck to bring a woman on a boat. <laughs> right, she might get pregnant by Poseidon. That's exactly what happens. Watch our pirate trivia episode for that one. <laughs> right. So... Theseus takes Hercules to Athens where he purifies him of the sins of killing his children. 
So, like, there's this thing in Ancient Grace where you could, like, have someone perform a cleansing ceremony on you to rid you of your sins. I assume it's kind of like going to a priest and asking to be forgiven, and you have to say 40 hymns or some shit. So, it's like a thing that they do. So, in Athens, um, Hercules, although he is purified, realizes that he, like, needs to do more to make up for this. Like, just being purified isn't enough for him. He needs to do more. So, he seeks out the Oracle of Delphi to ask for guidance. So the Oracle of Delphi is essentially the mouthpiece of the god of prophecy, Apollo. Apollo is a god of many, many things. And is by far my favorite god in Greek myth. <laughs> <laughs> um, he is also a half-brother of Hercules, because they both have the same father. So the Oracle tells Hercules to, sing, to seek out the king Eurytheus, his cousin, and he will be given some labors to complete. Amphitryon is Eurytheus's uncle? Greek families are really complicated. Um, I attempted to figure out <laughs> how it went and gave up because learning the family of the Greek gods is easier than learning the family of the mortals. <laughs> I was like, so uh, uncle, asterisk. <laughs> like, I, tr- I literally tried to find out how he was his uncle and was like, I don't know. I have no It's his uncle. I'm just going to go with that. So he has to seek out Eurytheus, complete some labors. The labors would be considered compensation for the crimes of infanticide. And Hercules is like, sounds dope. Let's go do it. I'm going to go meet my cousin and we'll see what we got going on there. Mm-hmm. So in total, there are 12 tasks given to Hercules known as the labors of Hercules. They are very creative with their names. So originally Hercules is given 10 tasks but because the king decides that two of them don't count because he received help, he has to do in total 12. So the short list, so I'm just going to do a brief rundown of these 12 tasks. He has to slay the Nemean lion, slay the nine-headed Lernarian hydra, capture the Cyrenian hind, capture the Ermanthian boar, clean the Aegean stables in a single day, slay the Stephalian birds, capture the Cretan bull, steal the mares of Diomedes, obtain the girdle of Hippolyta, queen of the Amazons, obtain the cattle of the three-bodied giant Geryon, steal three of the golden apples of the Hesperides, Hesperides, Mm -hmm. and capture and bring back Cerberus. So I'm pretty sure that the king was just like... We have a hero, let's just go have him kill some random fucking creatures that we can't be bothered with that bother us. And then they're like, that's not enough things, so what shit do we want him to steal? Let's do <laughs> And then they're like, yeah, that looks good, go do that. So, side note, there are a handful of tasks that Hercules does complete outside of the 12 labors known as the minor labors of Hercules. They are basically some things that he does while trying to accomplish his main tasks. No reward is given. And there's about like nine of them, but a lot of them like overlap. So like he does things that benefit other people later down the line, but weren't a part of his original task. Is that the TV series Hercules is based on? Is that with the what? The TV series Hercules. Did you ever see it? Um, I did not own Disney Channel as a child, so I never watched any of the TV shows. Oh, it was not Disney. Oh. It was Channel 11, I believe. It came on either before or after Xena. It had Kevin Sorbo. Oh, the the live-action Hercules. I never watched it, so I have no idea. (laughs) 
Um, I think it was just a general. I think it was just a general like Hercules show. I think he does like they they leave out the family thing. Um, no, Harry. I think he does. Him. He 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 wind up actually. It, it, so in the series, in the TV series, um, Hera winds up causing a fire that kills his whole family, according to the TV series. But he still has right. Like, but like family. he doesn't kill them, right. is what I mean. Like yeah, they, no. they leave that part out. And there's like a Xena Hercules crossover episode for each series, if I remember correctly. I never yeah, watched Xena. Sure it's just a general. I mean, they might follow the tale, but it's possible. I I don't know honestly. We have one. Yep. So the first task is the Nemean lion. This lion is the offspring of the monsters Orthus and Echidna and was said to be invulnerable to all weapons. So Orthus is the two-headed hound of Geryon set to guard his cattle, which is, yes, the later task of Hercules, and is the offspring of the giant Typhon and Echidna, his mother, and is believed to be the father of the Sphinx by, you guessed it, his mother, Echidna. Hmm. The incest is strong with this one. Echidna is a half-woman, half-snake, but she is not a Naga or a Gorgon, or even similar to Medusa. Um, she is most commonly portrayed as the child of Cedo, which is a sea creature born of Gaia, and Forces, her brother-husband. The most notable children that they have are the Gorgons, but not Medusa. That's a story for another time. Echidna is pretty much like the kind of mother of monsters. Like she has a shit ton of monsters. It's weird. So Hercules sets out for Nemea and tracks down this lion, corners it in a cave and throws away his weapons, runs at the monster like a barbarian hyped up on some liquor, and wrestles it with his bare hands. The lion is no match for him, and he literally strangles it to death and then skins it with his bare hands. So gross. <laughs> <laughs> he takes this pelt and makes a cloak out of it, and he is required to bring an item showing that he has completed each task. So this is what he brings to show King Eurytheus. And he didn't the... even tan it. I'm guessing. <laughs> no, he did. He literally skinned it and then just wore it because wet lion skin on your back. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, whatever. Probably smelled great. Smelled great. <laughs> and as a side note, in Disney, the lion is Scar. We love it. So the Nemean lion is placed in the stars by Hera and makes up the constellation called Leo. So you hit the Milky Way, you have Leo. I'm sensing a trend here. So that's task one down, only nine or 11 to go for those of us who know better. <laughs> so next up we have the Hydra. Now in the Disney movie, this is a humongous scene. It is beautiful. It's 3D animated. I love this scene so much. And this is the battle in the movie that puts him on the map as a hero to the people of Thebes and leads to the greatest montage Disney has ever made, Zero to Hero, which, fun yeah, fact, <laughs> it features a bunch of his actual tasks. Like, it is phenomenal the way that they do this. I love it. I love Hercules so much. So good. It is one of my favorite Disney movies. I mean, I have a lot, but I remember, like, it was a big promotional deal. McDonald's had like these special plates. Yes, I have one that says I'm a meat and potatoes kind of guy. I have the Hercules <laughs> one. I really wanted the Megura one, and I never got it. So salty about that. You have the Pegasus but, like, one the too. Cup, the cup that he had. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, it's that the. I love I can't that. Bad guys are. Yeah, that little cup. That was so fun to 
to be able to like see it in the movie and then go get it because that was like right. kind of a new thing. Yeah. Oh. And, um, oh, it was so good, but that movie was not good for the Disney. No, corporation. it kind wasn't. But it was such a good movie. They put their heart and soul into this movie. They did a really good, like, they they did their research. It has one of the best soundtracks, I think, in almost all Disney movies from start to finish. Yeah. I love it. And as you said, we're up to, like, what? Two points? Maybe three points so far on... I'm going to round it up to five after that montage. (laughs) After the montage, we're at five. Tick, 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 tick. You get five, Disney. (laughs) So back to the Hydra. So the Hydra has nine heads. One is immortal and the other eight are mortal. So when one of the eight heads is cut off, two more would grow in its place, except for the immortal one, which you can't destroy. So unlike in the Disney Hercules movie, everyone knows about this fucking Hydra and that it grows multiple heads. So there ain't no cutting and slashing off heads until he's exhausted himself. And yeah, he knows. He knows what he's getting into. So he sets off for Lerna, which is where it's holed up. But before he can set sail, his nephew asks to join. This would be his nephew on Amphitryon side. Don't ask me how it's his nephew. I don't know. It's his nephew. Uh, Let me tell you, I tried. I really did try to look at Amphitryon's history and was like, how far back do I have to go to figure out who their actual fucking parents are? And I was like, I give up. I give up. I ain't going back five generations to figure this shit out. Okay. (laughs) It's not happening. So Iolus is the nephew and he asks if he can join Hercules. And Hercules is like, yeah, sure, bro, come along. What else are we going to do? So they said, tell for Lerna. And just like, remember how I said that Hercules has to do these two extra labors because he gets help? Yeah. So Hera has been noticeably absent as of late. Um, so she decides it's time to cause mayhem. And all sorts of feckery. And, you know, just so we're clear, the goddess of chaos is Eros, not Hera. I swear. <laughs> it may not seem that way, but that's how it is. So she sees this plan to kill Hydra, to kill the Hydra, and that they're going to Lerna. So she summons up a giant crab that he has to fight before reaching the Hydra. So similar to Tamatoa, even though I know you haven't seen Moana, <laughs> me too, because the song Shiny is so goddamn catchy. I love it. I love Tomatoa so much. He's fantastic. So it's kind of like that. It's a big giant ass crab. So he has to kill it before he can reach the Hydra. And he easily slays it because all it is is a glorified giant crab. So when it dies, Hera takes the crab, throws it into the sky and says, oh, look, it's cancer. (laughs) It's, It's a pattern here. So next up is the Hydra. So Hercules starts slashing away at the heads because he needs to get rid of them so he can figure out which one is the immortal head. And every time he slashes off a head, Iolus is right there behind him, takes his torch, and burns the stump before a new one can appear. It's kind of like that really cool scene. Ugh. I keep thinking, I keep imagining the scene in my head and hurt from the movie, like, <laughs> of, of, of this whole thing. So there's only one left, the immortal one, and they bury it under a huge boulder, kind of like in the animated movie. And then Hercules takes his arrows and dips, really it, cool. <laughs> dips it in the Hydra's blood because this blood ha- is venomous and universally fatal to all who encounter it. So he has to like, be extra careful handling it. And this is kind of why they smoke a little bit in the movie. Props to you, Disney. I see what you did there. I don't care if he was covered in slime. 
It's fine. It's fine. Just saying. <laughs> so when he returns, King Eurystheus tells Hercules, mm, you had some help. It don't count. How the fuck he knows this, I don't know. I bet Hera told him. Look, I don't know. Maybe the crowd worked for him. He's fuck, talking I don't know. all sorts of fuckery. She right. probably got involved. But like, they did like in a dream or something. They were in a cave in Lerna. How the fuck did you know that his nephew was with him and helped him? What? <sighs> All right. She knew that he was there with the crab, so I'm telling you, it was Hera. I don't know. Maybe. So his third task, we're on task three, is to capture a hind. So a hind, I had to look up because I was like, I know it's a deer, but I don't know anything else about this hind. So it's a female red deer, typically over the age of three. Um, I learned way more about deer than I ever wanted to know. Just saying. So this particular one is one of Artemis's pets and is sacred to her. So it has golden antlers and hooves and was a gift from Tagati. <laughs> it was a gift from Tagati. These names, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> You can see him. So Tagati was the daughter of the Titan Atlas, who is the one who was punished to hold the whole world on his back, and one of the Oceanids, Pleiany. And the Oceanids are basically water nymphs, and Tagati and her sisters are referred to as the Pleiades, which I'm pretty sure the Pleiades is what they refer to in the Zodiac killings. <laughs> makes me feel really bad for it and maybe it wasn't the zodiac killings there's some murder spree that happened and they refer to the pleiades and that's what i think every time i i hear the word pleiades murder love it all right so for a hero such as hercules finding this hide should have been super easy but it actually takes him over a year of hunting and chasing to finally like trap this thing so he wastes an entire fucking year doing this so this is not like 12 days and he's done. <laughs> okay, like it takes him for fucking ever. So he manages to catch it by shooting one of his regular arrows. So he doesn't want to kill it. He just wants to capture it. So he shoots a regular arrow at one of its hooves, which prevents it from running away from him. So he's able to capture Aww. it. So he then, like, I guess, like, wraps a rope around its neck or bit and bridles it like you do a horse. And is like, okay, I'm going to go lead you back to King Eurytheus. So Artemis, goddess of the hunt and twin sister of my main man Apollo, sees Hercules with her pet deer and is like, uh-uh, bro, come back. So she's pissed the fuck off, appears in front of him, is probably pointing a giant bow at him and ready to just put her half-brother in the ground because she don't give two fucks. So he's staring down this crazed goddess with a gun, with a gun, with a bow at him. <laughs> Guns! So anyway, I started shooting, like... This is the modern retelling. <laughs> right, this giant so And... Right. So he's like, look, sis, you need to chill. So he has to explain what he has to do in order to repent for these murders that he committed. And Artemis hears his story, probably unwillingly getting a full life story and rolling her eyes a few <laughs> times because this mortal just has it so fucking bad. Oh. And <laughs> offers him an arrangement. He can take the hind if he brings it to the king without hurting it and delivers the beast alive. So that is the requirement for him doing this. Circulus so says, sure thing, I can do that. And he does, no problems. Hair doesn't step in or anything, like totally fine. <laughs> Brings the hind to the king. So we're onward to task 
four. Capturing... Did he return it to Artemis? Um, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't really say what happened to the hind afterwards. I don't know. So next we have capturing the Ermanthian boar. So Hercules arrives at the location for the boar and is attacked by a group of centaurs who are also hunting for the boar. And Hercules is forced to fight and ends up actually killing several of these centaurs in this battle. And then he injures a few more and all of that. And then like the rest kind of get scared off because holy shit, they're being slaughtered by this one dude. And then he gets retried for murder. <laughs> so among these centaurs is actually an old friend of Hercules, Chiron, which is Phil. the one who helped train him. Not Phil. Phil was a satyr. This is a centaur. Big I difference. know, but it's the real version, Phil. <laughs> so I, his name, every time I see his name, because it's C-H-I-R-O-N, but that's not how it's pronounced. It's Chiron, not Chiron. Every time I see it, it just... You should put, like, phonetic spelling. Behind every single time I say his damn name. Uh, when you actually write radio scripts, you actually replace difficult names with phonetic spelling. That makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. So Chiron was hit by one of these poisoned arrows, but because he is actually immortal, he doesn't die from it. Instead, he is forced to forever live in agony from this wound, is actually unable to train another hero. So he never again oh! after this battle gets to train anybody. Yeah, so everyone I that I've named... Based off this guy. <laughs> it's like everything that I've named beforehand were all heroes that he has trained up to this point. Like, he can't train anybody after and that. that sucks. It does. It really does. And in all fairness, they attacked Hercules, okay? They he should have him. known! He should have been like, dude, that's Hercules. We don't want to go there. <laughs> like, he trained him. He's immortal. Why the fuck does he care? <laughs> like, he ain't gonna oh, yeah. die. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So now that the centaurs have all dispersed or are dead, he's able to subdue the boar and takes it to the king. So up until this point, you know, he was required to bring an item to the king himself inside of the palace to show him that he had completed this task. However, when he brings this boar into the palace... The king freaks the fuck out and hides in a jar. Because this is a giant-ass boar. So, like, I don't remember... I don't know if you remember in the Zero to Hero montage, they show um, him fighting a giant boar in it. It's, like, this massive boar that he just, like, put the hand out. I don't think I realized that's what that was. So, that's the boar. (laughs) It is very quick. But that is the boar. So... So, like, but just to give you, like, a kind of an idea of how big this fucking um, thing is, it's massive. No, they got multiple points for the montage as far as the montage. Yeah, yeah. We're still at five. We're still, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, after this little thing, the king hides himself in his jar and is like, get that thing out of my fucking sight. And from now on, you're going to bring him to the outside of the palace gates. Don't bring it inside. And he's like, okay, I can do that. Pansy. Yeah, pretty much. So he has four labors down and Hercules is allowed like this small little break while the king thinks of like the fifth task for him. So, uh, you know, he wasn't given a list of things to do. So it's like one and done and then come back in a couple days and I'll have something new for you to do. So during this small break, Hercules runs across a familiar face. Jason! Jason is not a demigod and isn't even a sort of not quite child of a god like Theseus. He's just a simple mortal in line to the throne. 
And Jason is currently building up a crew to set sail on his ship, the Argo, and wants to join him on his quest to find the Golden Fleece. So Hercules is like, Hercules. <laughs> Hercules is like, dope, let's do it. I got nothing else to do. Sure. I fucking hate Jason. <laughs> I really tried. I really did. He's literally the most useless hero to ever exist in Greek mythology. Really? <laughs> yes. <sighs> Anyways, I'm not going to cover anything else about Jason. We're just going to quickly notate what happens here. It's important. So one night when they have to dock for a reprieve from sailing and all of that, they get attacked by these six-armed giants. Hercules saves the day because he's literally the only hero on the fucking boat and a demigod. Quick and question. So, yeah. Six-armed giants, as in six giants bearing weapons or giants with six arms? Giants with six arms. I oh, forgot okay, to look up what the actual name of them is. There is a name for them, and I don't remember what they're called. But yes, they have six arms. So there's okay. a handful of them. So they get to have a great night celebrating and drinking. The only requirement that Jason makes, because he's the leader of this little escapade, is that they need to report back in the morning or they're going to be left. He ain't waiting around for anybody. He's on a deadline. So they're like, dope, we can do that. So all that Hercules is there on time. And Jason's like, I can't wait around for my dumbass friend to return. Deuces, let's see you later. So they leave Hercules on this little island. So the reason why Hercules couldn't return to the Argo in time is because he was actually looking for his squire. So technically somebody else did not make it, but no one cares about a squire. Um, and so his squire and friend who kind of comes along with him on other journeys um, had wandered off and was probably drunk and had sex with some chick or whatever. So also as a side note, because Hera has of course not popped her head in for a while, the reason why Jason is kind of able to achieve everything that he does, even though he's a fucking useless piece of shit, and why Hera doesn't step in and, like, drown Hercules at sea is because Jason is actually a champion of Hera and, like, her favorite person ever. She fucking loves him. Yeah. So there's actually this really cool show on BBC. I don't know if it's still running or not, um, but it's called Atlantis. And they do a play on the Hercules-Jason dynamic in which Jason is the actual hero and does everything. <laughs> but Hercules, who is played by Mark Addy, so Robert Baratheon from Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's who plays Hercules. So big belly, yeah. everything. He's a drunk. And he just has impeccable timing. So, like, <laughs> Jason will kill something, like the Minotaur. And when the dust settles and everyone, like, stands up, like, Jason's knocked the fuck out over there because he got hit in his death blow. And Hercules just so happens to be the one standing there with a weapon. Like, what's going on, guys? And so they think that he's the one who slayed the Minotaur and shit like that. I'm writing this down. <laughs> it's called Atlantis. It is fantastic. <laughs> it's, it is probably my favorite take on their, like, relationship because it's Hercules getting credit for all of these things, but it's really Jason who does it. It's, it's hilarious. Yeah. I, <laughs> I had to put that I in really there. I really hope there's a reckoning in the end. <laughs> all right. So just a brief pause. If you've noticed that Alice is suddenly missing, she had to step out and will be unable to be present probably for the rest of this episode. So... We promise everything's good. We're okay. Just if you notice that she isn't there anymore. 
<laughs> that is why. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. I'll just repeat this all to her at a later date, or she'll just have to listen to the episode afterwards. It's fine. Her down and say it word for word from the beginning. No breaks, no pauses. <laughs> right. Like, cannot. Must do it. So, alrighty. Where was I? We were talking about Atlantis. Okay. So, um,. Hercules got left behind and he manages to find his way back with his squire to King Eurythius and as punishment for just up and fucking disappearing on this journey to go find the Golden Fleece, which would have taken Lord knows how long, he is given his fifth labor, which is cleaning the stables in a single day. Hercules is like, psh, do a biggie, I can do that. How hard can a couple of horse stables be? So he approaches the owner, King Aegeus, I'm probably saying that wrong, and makes an offer. If I clean the stables for you in a single day, I want one-tenth of the cattle you own. King Aegeus agrees, because no one can possibly do this. He knows how many fucking horses he has. So Hercules makes his way to the stables and realizes his mistake. This dude owns a fuck ton of cows and horses and shit. And the stables are a hot fucking mess. <laughs> so he starts cleaning them the normal way. I'm not a farmer. I don't know how the fuck you clean a stable. I'm assuming it involves a shovel. Yes, it does. I've done this before. I'm not a farmer, but I have done this before. I haven't. So, so he starts this and realizes there has to be an easier way because he ain't making much progress. So, spoiler alert, Hercules creates power washing. So... <laughs> So, how does he do this? <laughs> so nearby the stables is this stream that runs for them to like drink in or wade in or whatever the fuck it is that they do with this water. So Hercules is like, what if I use this water to clean the stables? If I just like redirect the water to the stables, it'll just wash it all away. So he spends the rest of the day digging a new path, blocks the river, and forces it to flow through the stables and quickly cleans them all out. Power washing. <laughs> so Hercules tells King Aegis he's like yo I finished and now I want my tenth of the livestock that you have and the king says no because he found out somehow that Hercules was doing this as a request of King Eurythius and he thought yeah. that it wasn't fair to pay him for it I let me tell you she's a bitch just saying <laughs> So one of King Aegeus's sons, one of the princes, actually disagrees with his father, who then banishes him and is then later killed during this banishment. So Hercules returns to King Eurythius without his payment and is told by the king that he's not going to honor this task because Hercules asked for payment. So now he has to do another one because he can't accept payments and he cannot accept help. <laughs> Right. Rude. Right. So he didn't get his horses anyway. No, he didn't get anything. He Blimey. he got shit. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> so we're on task number six. We're halfway through. So task number six is that Hercules has to drive away the Stephalian birds. So these birds were terrorizing the countryside of Arcadia, and they probably numbered somewhere in, like, the hundreds. There were a lot of them. 
So with all of these, he didn't really know how he was going to be able to defeat them because he couldn't just like shoot arrows for forever at these things. <laughs> so around this time when he's like debating his options, which are few and far between, Athena throws down a rattle for Hercules that when used creates such a noise that he's able to scare off most of these birds and then just kills the stragglers. I would just like to point out that help from a god is accepted, but not from a mortal. Because the king accepts this. Okay. Okay. I Double standard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Alright, so the seventh labor for Hercules is to kidnap the Cretan bull, which is a sacred creature of Poseidon that has the ability to move across water. So it was supposed to be a gift for King Nimeus of Crete, and he was supposed to sacrifice it to the sea god, but when he didn't, Poseidon grew angry and forced the king's wife, Pasiphae, to fall in love with the boar, and they have a night of raunchy sex, and that's how the Minotaur is born. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> nope. Yep. Right. Yep. We can move forward. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> so King uh, uh, King Nimeus was obviously not happy having this bull around. So when Hercules came for it, he's like, fucking take it. No ifs, ands, or buts, just take it. The bull, however, did not want to ride across the ship. So Hercules had to ride across its back across the water. So, number eight are the flesh-eating mares of Diomedes. These bad boys do exactly what you think they do. They mares as people. in horses? Yeah. That eat people. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Oh, that is <laughs> something from a, my nightmares. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm, like, terrified. <laughs> yep. So Diomedes is a king, and I can only assume he was a really shitty king because in order for Hercules to convince the horses to even follow him, he literally pushes Diomedes into their area and they eat him. And that's how he gets that's how he gets them. <laughs> Alright, so the horses now think that this guy is cool. He let us eat this other guy. Yeah. Follow him. More food. <laughs> right? So Hercules tells the squire that, like, watch these horses. I'll be back. I need to find something to, like, wrangle these horses with. New squire? No, this is the same squire. Oh, so they got him. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He found him. He just, you okay. know. He kind of, like, jumps in when it's important for the story, but otherwise is never really mentioned <laughs> in the stories. Yeah. So... This ends up being a mistake, and Hercules will regret it for the rest of his life. So when he returns, he finds out that the mares had eaten his squire, and now has to mourn the loss of his friend and squire. I would also like to point out, we're not laughing because of, this is a serious moment. I know, just imagining, like, flesh-eating horses, I get it. Yeah. So, seen um Galapant. I'm just imagining those characters. Yes. A lot going on right now. (laughs) So the squire is actually, by a lot of historians, considered to be one of the lovers of Hercules. 
So when he finds out that the squire is dead, he's probably like more grief stricken than you would expect someone who okay, just wants squire back. to be. Yeah. So he's on his way back to deliver the mares to King Eurythius, and he finds himself welcomed in the home of Admetius in Thessaly. So he like takes this nice break. I don't know where the fuck he puts these horses that they ain't gonna eat shit, but he finds a way. So he's like, hell yeah, I wanna spend a night in your castle, my dude. So he gets, he's greeted to a grand feast, and he's like, ah, a hero's welcome, of course. So during the meal, he finds out that the feast was actually for Admetius's wife, Electus. <laughs> I told you I stopped with these names like halfway through this. <laughs> Who was taking her husband's place in death. So he was slated to die. And instead she is going to die in his place. So that he can continue to rule. Hey. I'm not getting into this story. So Hercules doesn't like this idea. And because he's a hero. He he does what all heroes do. And tries to stop it. So when Thanatos comes to claim Electus. Hercules grapples with the god. He literally said YOLO to the god of death. And fucking won. Like, <laughs> okay, so what? so Thanatos is overpowered and gives up on taking the life and leaves empty-handed, and Hercules is sitting there flexing the whole time. So I would just like to point out because a lot of people I have found don't actually know this. So Hades is the god of the underworld and is essentially like the CEO who runs it actual god of death is uh is thanatos and he's kind of what we would consider to be the grim reaper and i don't actually believe he lives in the underworld i believe he lives in tartarus but i could be wrong but i think that's where he resides is in tartarus which is like the the place where you go and you can never come back from certain dealio um could be wrong don't quote me on that so anyways Labor number nine is for Hercules to take the girdle from the queen of the Amazons, Hippolyta. So this girdle is a gift from the war guard Ares and is proof of like her power and leadership, but it doesn't actually have any powers itself. In this version, because I'm not familiar with this, she is just a normal mortal, just queen of the Amazons. But in some stories of her like heritage, she is actually a daughter of Ares. I believe that's also how they do it in the DC comics, but don't quote me on that. Because she's so, in the DC comics with According to Wonder the Woman. movie, Ares is the ultimate evil. Yeah. And they don't really say I think like um like what's his name? Zeus. I think they were created <laughs> by Zeus as protectors of mankind to protect against Ares. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not super, super familiar with Wonder Woman. I've there. seen, like, I love the movie, but, like, yeah. the comic, I don't know so much. I don't know much so either. Based on the movie, Ares is, like, definitely not yeah. her father. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> whatever. Unless this is some Darth Vader shit. Yeah, I mean, it could be. So, anyway, for this story, Hippolyta's just a normal chick, and Ares just gave her this dope-ass girdle, which is, like, a belt. So when Hercules arrives, he's well-received by the queen, and they go together to her tent to discuss this thing that he's requesting, her girdle. So while he's doing this, Hera sees the perfect opportunity to step in. We need a Hera counter. We do. <laughs> and wants to fuck up Hercules' life. Go figure. 
So Hera disguises herself as one of the Amazons and starts a rumor among them that Hercules and his crew who sailed there are actually there to kill Hippolyta. So the Amazons don't like this and actually attack the crew in the boat, thinking that they're there to kill them. So, have better things to do than this. <laughs> so Hercules um, hears the commotion. So, so like Hercules and Hippolyta hear this commotion. And both of them think that they're being betrayed by the other one. So Hippolyta thinks that Hercules is attacking her people. Hercules thinks that her people are attacking his. And so they start this dual thing going on. And again, this girdle is literally just a fancy belt and doesn't help. And since she is not a demigod, it, she's no fucking match. He literally wrestled with the god of death. Come on. So when her people <laughs> burst into the tent, they find Hercules has killed Hippolyta. And when Hercules realizes that it was all Hera's fault, I don't know how he comes to this realization, but sure. He grabs the girdle and flees from them. Just punch her in the face. <laughs> he killed like she her. Deserved it at this point. He thought that she was going to kill him, so he killed her instead. You know, whatever. So, the tenth labor is another really long one for Hercules. <laughs> Not quite to the point of it taking a year, but it, this one takes him a while as well. So, he has to go and take the cattle of Garion. So, Garion had a herdsman and a two-headed dog, Orthus, which we talked about earlier, that guarded his cattle. So, on his journey to King Garion, he comes to this area that, like, he cannot sail through. So, it's like he's supposed to sail through the strait, and he can't get through because there's a wall of stone blocking his way. So, he starts piling up rocks on either side of this way to create this, like, I guess it would be a strait, you know continue on with the water and these make up what we call the pillars of hercules which are pretty dope and you can look up pictures of online so this however is not an easy task he's literally moving boulders and creating giant ass pillars and so when he's finished he is burning up from the heat of the sun and is like probably suffering from the hardcore heat stroke craziness so he decides to take his bow and arrow and point it at the sun and he yells at the sun god Helios to make the sun disappear or he's going to shoot him out of the sky. That's rude. <laughs> you know, the kids these days. So Helios, <laughs> Helios is not really like most gods who would probably take offense to this. He actually kind of finds it endearing. <laughs> And instead sends Hercules a giant golden chalice that allows him to travel the seas. So Hercules gets to ride in a dope-ass chalice. Not super helpful at the moment. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Well, this is wonderful. No, I'm not going to send a cloud your way. But here, have this other possible right. useful thing in the future. Oh, look at you. You're so cute. It's like thinking you can take me on. Come on now. <laughs> So during this travel, in this chalice, I'm assuming, Hercules encounters a race of warrior women similar to the Amazons called the Gorgon. They are women with snakes for hair, they have wings, and they have the ability to turn anyone but the gods to stone with a single look. Medusa is the only mortal Gorgon of the group, and she was created by the goddess Athena and later killed by Perseus. Story for another time. 
So they don't really explicitly say that Gorgons are immortal, but they are killable. So I would assume that they're not actually immortal. It's just that Medusa wasn't born a Gorgon. She was turned into one. So I don't know why, but Hercules decides that he sees these creatures and has to kill them all. So he literally murdered every single Gorgon. Yeah. Kill <laughs> he, he kills every single Gorgon, except for Medusa. Medusa's the only one who isn't there because Medusa's off doing her own shit with Perseus. So, he kills an entire race of people. Just, just because. I don't know if I can know. So, Hercules finally makes it to collect this cattle. He kills the herdsman and Orpheus the dog. Um, the herdsman of Hades, however, so... Did not know this, but apparently the underworld has its own pastures with skeleton horses. And so they need a a herdsman. I I don't know. Sure. Okay. So the herdsman of Hades witnesses this and goes to King Geryon to tell him this news. So Geryon runs after Hercules and his cattle and is also killed by Hercules. Just going on a killing spree. That's what he does best. So Hercules makes his way home. And is actually confronted by two half-cousins who are sons of Poseidon who want the cattle for themselves. So they're able to injure Hercules, but he ultimately kills them. And so during this battle that's going on between... A murder counter. <laughs> right! So during this battle between the two cousins, a giant named Caseus comes and steals some cattle himself and runs off with his cattle. So when Hercules is done fighting these two family members of his, he finds out that some of his cattle is missing, finds out that it's Caseus, and leaves the rest of his cattle to go search for these missing ones. I don't know. So They'll be there, right? They're not going to wander away or anything. Right. He was... So he kills Caseus, returns the cat, rescues the cattle. <laughs> yeah. What else would Hercules do? Talk? <laughs> so he kills him, takes back these cattle, and returns to the rest of the herd, who are magically still there. I don't know why. So they continue moving back home, and then for whatever reason, one of the bulls decides to run off and swims across the Strait of Messina. So he just like, deuces! Gone. So Hercules once again has to track down the stray cattle. So why doesn't he leave this one lone bull to his own adventures? It's because it's the finest cow of the bunch and is the most important one. I see. <laughs> so this bull is found with a boxer named Eryx who challenges Hercules for it. So Hercules probably just punches him in the face and kills him because <laughs> he's probably... <laughs> so done with this labor that he's just like, bam! And just hefts up the cattle and walks away. Like, I mean, come on now. And again, because he is so over this, he literally leaves the rest of the cattle and takes this one cow (laughs) as his proof that he did it. Because this one is the finest of a bunch. Yeah. He didn't need to kill all the No, no, wait! I lie! I skipped ahead. I'm joking. There's one more thing. Okay, so we'll just edit that part out. (laughs) Or let's Um, leave it. (laughs) Rude. Okay, so Hercules returns to the rest of the cattle. They're all there. 
And so they set off for home one final time. And Hera pokes her head in again because it's been a while. She's like, all right, I'm still Hera counts. Still here. And she sends a creature known as a gadfly to sting the cattle, which makes them run away and scatter everywhere. So at this point, he just takes up the ones that he can find and walks his ass home to King Eurythius because fuck this shit. So I would still like to say he did not need to kill all the people that he killed if he was just going to be okay with just a couple. So it gets even better. So when he returns to King Eurythius, they decide that they're going to kill the cattle and sacrifice them in the name of Hera because, of course. <laughs> Hercules is probably like, Hera! <laughs> you know, why not? I've already come this far. Why not? So the 11th labor, he has to get some golden apples. So the apples grew in a grove guarded by a 100-headed serpent called Ladin, which is another child of Typhon and Ichinita. The, woman, the women who care for the apple grove were the daughters of Atlas and Hersperus, and they are called the stars of the evening sky. Ooh. I know, it's so pretty. For such a tragic story, there's a couple of moments. So on this journey, Hercules takes care of some of those minor labors that I kind of mentioned earlier. So he encounters Prometheus and the Caucasian eagle, which is the creature that was forever set to eat his liver. So he kills this eagle, which frees Prometheus from his eternal torment. Um, Next up, he attacks and kills, (laughs) because of course he does. Um, I'm, I'm going to make a kill count. <laughs> Antaeus, which is a child of Poseidon and Gaia, who was invincible so long as he was touching Earth. So Hercules basically bear hugs this dude in the air and squeezes him until he dies. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the reason why Hercules is doing all of this minor shit that he has is because he has no idea where the fuck this garden is. So he's just like wandering aimlessly trying to find it. Right. So as he's walking aimlessly, he actually comes upon Atlas and asks the Titan for directions. Mm. Now, Atlas is many things, but he is not an idiot. So he's just not going to freely give out this information. He's like, I know where this grove is. And if you hold this guy here for just a smidge, I can go there and get those apples for you. And Hercules must be an idiot because he agrees. (laughs) So he kind of like squeezes his way in under Atlas and catches the sky and Atlas is free. Why Atlas doesn't just leave Hercules there, I don't know. But he doesn't. So the way that this whole situation works is that someone has to be holding the sky. Like you can't just like set it down, leave a breather, whatever. Like you have to, yeah. that's why the sky is up. You have to hold it up. Okay. Of so goal. right. It, it's a punishment. Like it's not supposed to be easy. And no one really wants to suffer this punishment. So Atlas, instead of running away, like I would have done, goes and collects some apples and returns. I don't know why. And again, Atlas is not an idiot. And he's like, yo, Hercules, you're being so gracious and kind, holding up the sky. I will just take the apples for you to King Eurythius in your stead. And then I'll come back and rescue you. And Hercules is like, you know, that sounds like a great deal, but can you, like, help me brace this so I can adjust my cloak so I can, like, make this little pillow for the world to sit on? And 
Atlas, I guess, agrees. I don't know why he does. He's kind of an idiot. He doesn't get out much. Right. And he's like, yeah, I can do that. So he kind of like shimmies under the sky and holds it so that Hercules can adjust his cloak. And what does Hercules do? Take the apples and dips out like a smart motherfucker. I would like to point out that in Wishbone, it was because he was holding the world up with his nose and his nose ache. So Atlas <laughs> lifted it so that Wishbone could Yes, I remember that. Campers off. <laughs> I do remember that. Wow, that was like a memory from the wrestles of my mind. Jesus. <laughs> the only Wishbone episode I remember. <laughs> so once he has shown the fruits of his labors... Oh, Alice isn't here to appreciate that joke. Oh, man. They give it as an offering to Athena, who returns them to the garden where they came from. Again, why Hercules can accept help from gods and titans, but not his cousin, is beyond me. Okay. So now we're up to the last labor, which is capturing Cerberus. So Herberus? Herberus. Cerberus is a three-headed guard dog of the underworld who keeps the dead inside. So, like, he keeps the dead inside, but going inside, he ain't got no control over and he don't give two shits about. So, eh, just throw him a stake. <laughs> right. Like, he don't care. So there are actually several entrances into the underworld, and they're not really guarded at all. Because so I guess... Does some dead person then walk out of one of those entrances if it's not guarded? If they could find it? No, because, so, like, the way I imagine it in my mind, which could be because of the Disney movie, I don't actually know, <laughs> is that, like, they have this nice waiting area lobby, and they have, like, the three judges, because there's the three judges who weigh mm. you, and, like, over to this side is the fields of, the, or the Asphodel fields, and then, like, way up over here is um, Elysium, and then... I don't remember what the really bad place is. And then you have, like, the gates to Tartarus. Okay, that's how just like, how I imagine this layout. And then you have, like, the big waiting room. And then, like, Cerberus just kind of, like, stands over. So, like, no matter what entrance you come in, I see. you get funneled into the lobby. That's that kind sense. of what I imagine. I cannot tell you where I get this image in my head from. But that's what I've always imagined. So, we're just going to go with that because that's what makes sense sure that works i like that image yeah it's kind of nice it's really bothering me that i can't remember the third place <laughs> you can go um so yeah their entrances aren't really guarded and hades is kind of like the all-seeing eye <laughs> i had to put that Sauron. in for you. <laughs> i had to do it <laughs> so it's kind of like the all-seeing eye so you kind of got to be careful because like again he's a ceo he knows what the fuck goes on in his own company so Hades finds Hades. Jesus Christ. So Hercules finds one of these entrances, but before he can enter, the god Hermes appears. So Hermes, like Apollo, is a god of many talents, and he has the ability to quickly travel between between realms. So he's like one of the few gods who can like move between all of the different areas. Is that Mercury? Yeah. So, um, Hermes appears, probably lounging in the air with his little footed sandals aflutter, and offers to lead Hercules through their uncle's crib, because he goes there all the time, apparently. So Hercules is like, sure, probably for the best, because I don't know where the fuck I'm going, and I might get lost in the underworld. So, the underworld has, like, a lot of rules for people who aren't supposed to be there, such as don't eat food in the underworld, or you're going to be stuck there, <coughs> Persephone. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, let's not get the Lore Olympus stands attacking us. So maybe, way- maybe later though, because I'd like to take up that sword. Yeah, I'm there with you. So on the way to Cerberus, they come across. Sorry, my notes really confuse me. So on the way to Cerberus, they come across an old friend of Hercules, Theseus, who is bound to the chair of forgetfulness because he tried to abduct Persephone, Hades' wife and queen of the underworld. So Hercules saves his friend and they continue on their way. So they come across this herd of the underworld, which are like the zombie cows. Remember I talked about how he has his own cows for some reason? I don't know. And it said that... If you take the blood of one of these cows, it will allow you to speak with the dead. So, like, humans, not humans, living mortals cannot communicate with, like, the dead. Like, there's no way for you guys to communicate, unless you drink this blood, apparently. So, Hercules is, like, I'm assuming that's what you have to do. I don't know how the fuck else you would, it would work. (laughs) Yeah, drink zombie cow blood. How about that? So Hercules is like trying to climb into this pit and Hermes doesn't do anything other than probably sit there with a bowl of popcorn because he's kind of like a trickster god in Greek mythology. Hercules is stopped, however, by the herdsmen of the underworld and they start to fight. And about this time is when Persephone steps in and orders them to stop before one of them ends up dead. So now that the king and queen of the underworld have arrived, Hercules tells them why he's there. And Hades says, you can take Cerberus in if you do it without a weapon. So Hercules does so and drags the hellhound before the king. But my fists are weapons. I don't know how the fuck he does this, but he manages to wrangle up Cerberus, drags him before the king, who is so terrified that he gives Hercules a 13th task, and that is to return Cerberus to the underworld. (laughs) That's really funny. You know, technically, though, there are 13 signs of the Zodiac. So true. Very true. <laughs> no, take it back. This was a mistake. Take it back. I don't want it. <laughs> so now that he is free from the king for completing the 12 labors, he is on his own. So he will partake in an archery contest and win. And the prize is that he gets to marry this king's daughter that was hosting it. However... The king doesn't want his daughter to marry Hercules because he's heard of Hercules and is scared that he will actually kill their children and possibly his own daughter. To be fair. True. True. (laughs) So Hercules gets pissed off and storms off and swears vengeance against him. So one of the king's sons follows Hercules and wants to talk to him about it and like put some sense into him and like hopefully avoid a war in the future. But you know, like always, Hera's watching and keeps Hercules from seeing reason, and he ends up killing the son, which makes him now an enemy of the king and a wanted man. Great. So, because he did this, he asks a couple other kings if they will perform this purification ritual to cleanse him of the sin, kind of like what happened earlier with his children. And they refuse, so he also decides that they are his enemies now, because they wouldn't do this for him. Way to go, Hercules. So because he cannot be purified of this sin, he starts to become really ill. So he goes back to Delphi to ask for advice. 
So when the priestess of Delphi, so not the oracle, this is just a priestess, arrive, like refu- she refuses when he arrives. So Hercules attacks her because what the fuck else is Hercules going to do? I feel like he just doesn't know how to talk. <laughs> what? Oh, punch. <laughs> I have a question. I'm sorry. I don't have time for that. Punch! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Hercules. Who? Punch! <laughs> so Delphi is like Apollo's sacred land. So he's gonna shoot down anyone that potentially like threatens anything in Delphi. Like he's like, I don't care if you're my half brother. I'm gonna fucking murder you. So when this fight breaks out, Apollo appears in all of his brilliant, beautiful radiance and is ready to just yeet his half-brother into the underworld when Zeus steps in and stops the fight. He, like, throws a lightning bolt, like, into the ground between all of it, and they're just like, oh, oh shit, dad's mad. (laughs) So Hercules states that all he wanted was advice, and he was denied it. So Apollo tells the priestess to answer his question and tell him what the cure is for this disease. So she tells him that the only cure for the disease that he currently has is to sell himself and become a slave. I don't know what disease there is where slavery is the cure, but apparently Hercules has it. They say guilt can cause you to be physically ill. I mean, And so she's like, sacrifice yourself. Yeah, I mean, hey, apparently it worked the first time, so I don't know. Why he didn't think of it sooner and needed a priestess, I don't know, but sure. He's not the brightest bulb in the past. <laughs> so Hermes decides to help a brother out. Again, I put in another pun here that Alice is not here to fully appreciate. Aww. <laughs> help a brother out. Eh, eh, eh. So he arranges this sale. So Hercules is sold to a recently widowed queen who forces him to dress and act like one of her ladies. And he even learns how to perform embroidery and needlework. Right? Yes. Right. I'm like, imagine like this super buff bearded Hercules wearing a dress. It's like the Batman in the pink dress is like what I instantly think of. Like that's (laughs) without the, you know, cowl. He so, probably needed this refinement, so he stops punching people in the face and killing them. So, I think it's good for him, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> he probably kills them all in the end, so. <laughs> so, one night, the god Faunus creeps into Hercules' room, mistakenly thinking it's the queen's. So, Faunus is a woodland god and is the child of Pan and Dionysus, which I would like to point out is one of the few instances, as far as I'm aware, of male and male couples leading to a birth of a child in Greek mythology, which I thought was pretty dope, because Pan and Dionysus are both guys. And I don't believe that either of them are shapeshifters either. It's not like a weird Loki situation going on here. Like, I think they're both just cats. Though. It was. I I did not know this. I was like, oh yeah, he's obviously Pan's child. And I was like, Dionysus, that's a weird one. All right, then let's go with it. Oh. Two seconds. I need a charger. My phone's about to die. How dare you? <sighs> Guys, we're never going to finish this. I just want you to know. It's taken us so long. I'm all alone. My audience is gone. I think I might cry. 
They decided that Hercules was too much and had to leave me. I can't blame them, though. We're about halfway done. You know? Like, oh, super long, yeah. It's okay. I was just talking to myself and our viewers and telling them that everyone left me because they hate Hercules and I don't blame them. <laughs> now I'm all alone. That's going to be a fun one for you to listen to on edit. I will leave it in just for you. <laughs> oh, it's great. All right. So Faunus appears. Sneaks up on the sleeping figure and reaches up under the dress and finds more hair than he would expect. But for some reason, doesn't question this. Although he's like, mm, the queen's a little furry. She might needs to shave or something. So, his, parents, his birth parents are two men. He's a I mean, you know, I don't know. <laughs> don't know. So he's like, we're just going to continue on with it unrobes and proceeds to try his best to rape Hercules. So Hercules oh. awakens. <laughs> oh, and yeah, so he awakens and immediately throws the god off of him and pins him to the ground, probably with a few punches because he was just trying to rape him. So all of this commotion awakens the queen who rushes in and with the light from her lamp, they see that it's the god Faunus who is suddenly embarrassed and mistaking Hercules for the queen and flees. <laughs> that queen should be a little scared. <laughs> like extra guards or something. You know, I don't know. I really don't know. So Hercules serves this widowed queen for three years and then is released and they actually get married. But Hercules... Actual wife number two. Right. So Hercules doesn't want to, like, stay at home and be a dad. He wants to continue on with his adventures. So he leaves and actually comes across the body of Icarus, which is the man who flew too close to the sun and his wings melted yeah. off and he died. And he buries oh him God. and makes a monument to Icarus. I love Icarus. So he winds up in Troy... And escapes a battle of Troy. Not the Trojan War, just a battle that happens in Troy. But the ship that he's on is destroyed by none other than Hera. And he ends up on this island called Kos. And the people there mistake him for an enemy and attack him. So he's injured, but before he can be killed, Zeus sweeps in and saves his son. And takes him off to be healed, probably by Apollo, I'm guessing. I don't know who the fuck else they would get to heal him. And while Apollo is healing him, Hercules hears about this war between the gods and the giants. So the oracle has laid a prophecy that one mortal is required to bring down the giants. And Zeus apparently decides that this mortal should be his son, Hercules. I mean, he did fight the god of death, so I'm just saying. So... Hercules is like, dope, I'm going to kill some giants. So he joins the war, kills a couple giants, helps Apollo kill a giant, helps, helps Zeus kill a giant, and um, even stumbles upon a titan trying to rape Hera and kills it and saves her. And she probably flipped her hair and said she had it under control. 
Like, I'm not making light of rape. I'm just proving how much Hera hates Hercules. Okay. Yeah, like, that's really bad. (laughs) But that's what I imagine that she probably reacted like. So for saving the gods in the war and for all of the labors that he has completed, Hercules is given the chance of a lifetime to become a god. But he decides not to accept it and wants to stay on Earth so he can continue (laughs) to have adventures. Probably with one of his wives. So he continues his travels and meets the beautiful Daenera. Da- wow. Daenera, if I could read my own notes. So she is the sister of a former comrade of Hercules aboard the Argo. And he had actually met this comrade in the underworld when he was trying to obtain Cerberus. And Hercules wants her as his bride. But there is another suitor. This other suitor is the river guard Akleos. So neither one backs down and they're forced to fight. So Akleos has this really cool ability where he can shapeshift, but Hercules kind of like overcomes each new one as he shapeshifts during this battle and ends up defeating the god when he finally turns into a bull and he breaks off one of the bull's horns, which creates the cornucopia because the Greeks like to put stories for how everything works. So Hercules marries Dianera, which makes her wife number three, if you're keeping track. Still married to the second one. And the first one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why'd you forget about Meg? Because yeah. I kind of, I guess, assumed that there was divorce on the table for that, but guess not. No. no. So during this time, he fights in a war and helps defeat another enemy. And because he's, like, another war hero again, like, 50 times over, they throw him a grand feast, and he gets super drunk and high off of this victory and gets himself in trouble by, yet again, killing somebody who just so happens to be the king's cupbearer. (laughs) The king forgives Hercules and is like, hey, man, you was high on that adrenaline, we all get it. And Hercules is like... I can't accept this and exiles himself to atone for his sins. So he's only guilty about some murders. <laughs> <laughs> only but when they involve like royalty and children, apparently. Because he's all it's always been like a royal person that he's killed otherwise, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. So Dianera joins Hercules and they travel around because he's, you know, living in exile. So they come across a centaur named Nessius. Or Nessus, wow. Nessus. And he offers to help Dianera across the river so that Hercules can cross on his own and not have to worry about her potentially drowning. So they both agree, and she rides on his back across this river. So when Nessus reaches the other bank, he attempts to rape her, because of course he does. And she screams for Hercules, who is still like halfway through the river and is trying to still cross. So he hears her, but he can't like make it to the shore in time. So instead, he pulls out his bow and arrow, and shoots Nessius with one of his poisoned arrows, which kills the centaur. So, Nessus lays dying on the shore and tells Dianera that if she takes his blood, she can use it as a love potion to make sure that Hercules never loves another. And considering how many wives he has, she says sure. So, Hercules and Dianera make a home in... I'm gonna get slaughtered for this. I don't even know how to pronounce this city. Trachis? Trachis? Trichis? Don't know. <laughs> I don't Can't know. help you. 
Sorry. <laughs> so he goes to war for a king of a neighboring kingdom, because of course, and on his way back encounters Syncness, who is a son of Ares. Ares is a god of war and a bit of his hothead, and so is his son. So Sickness challenges Hercules to a duel, and Hercules kills him. And Ares is so grief-stricken that he comes down to fight Hercules. Once again, Hercules defeats a god, and Ares loses. So then his two sons show up, fear and panic, and they take Ares back to Mount Olympus to heal up. They, yeah. were the best. <laughs> <laughs> they are pain and panic in the Disney movie, but fear and panic are two children of Aries. So I yeah. Just thought that's kind of neat. Had to put it in there. So Hercules, high off beating a god, decides to use his renown and following to rage a war with Uri blah blah blah. Eurydice, which was the god. Wages war with Eurydice, which was the king who had the archery contest that didn't want Hercules to marry his daughter. Okay. We going back for wife number four? Uh, maybe. So, um, so he kills Eurydice and takes his daughter as his concubine. And so now it's time to celebrate. So he asks a squire to fetch him some clean clothes because he's like covered in blood from this war. And the squire's like, sure. So he runs to his tent. I put house in here, but it's probably more like a tent on the countryside because they were just at war. And Dianera's there. And so Dianera, fearing that she would lose the love of Hercules to this concubine, remembers the words of Nisus. So she takes the vial of blood and smears it all over this tunic. I'm assuming like on the inside of the tunic so that he doesn't notice that it's in there. And so the squire returns, hands over the tunic to Hercules, and the moment that he puts it on, he feels his flesh literally start to burn like acid is eating it away. So he believes that the squire is causing it and kills the squire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he rips off the tunic and makes his way home into Dianera, and he is, like, quickly approaching death. So he's in a real rough spot. So when he... <laughs> Yeah. So when Dianera realizes what happened, she realizes that Nessus. Nessus. See, I don't like when I have so many S's. Nessus. The centaur's blood <laughs> was tainted with the hydra poison, and that that was what was killing her husband. And oh. so, because she's sentenced her husband to death. She kills herself. Now we're <laughs> down to two wives. And, <laughs> and a concubine. <laughs> so Hercules, in the last moments of his life, builds a pyre and asks for one of his sons to light it. His son refuses, and so does everyone else, except for one. Philoctetes. Philoctetes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So Hercules gives Phil his bow and lays on the pyre and Phil shoots it and he is burned in the flames. So lightning strikes it and when the fire has died down, Hercules' body is not there. So his immortal half is taken to Mount Olympus and he is crowned a god for his deeds 
Hera, grateful for Hercules saving her from the Titan that was going to rape her, decides to set aside their differences now that he's a god and allows Several him to marry. Several years later, after she got had to stew on it for a while. Right. And she's like, I will allow you to marry Hebe, the goddess of youth. So this makes wife number four? And a concubine? Wife number four still had a concubine. <laughs> there are five women in this man's life. So the mortal half is sent to the underworld and actually later on the ghost, we'll call him a ghost of Hercules actually helps um, Odysseus when he ends up in the underworld. So then my question is, is Hercules like conscious in both areas at the same time, like as one mind? Didn't that drive somebody crazy? Well, I mean, that's like two different parts of his soul. So. so, like, the one up in Mount Olympus is not experiencing what the one in Correct. the Underworld is. Yeah. Okay. Like, I was thinking, like, like a hive mind. Yeah, it's kind of like, I imagine it's, like, conjoined twins that are no longer conjoined. So uh, they, like, okay. went off into two different parts. So, that's the story of Hercules. That's literally where it ends. Cut. <laughs> it's another point for Phil. That's the end. So seven points to Disney, which is pretty good. <laughs> that was pretty good. So it's a tragic hero with an equally sad ending. So you're the only one left, but I'm still gonna ask it. What do you I think? Win. What do you think <laughs> Harmatia is? Think what is? His Harmatia, his fatal flaw, tragic flaw. Uh he had an evil stepmother, which explains why <laughs> Disney made it into a movie. <laughs> <laughs> It's not a flaw. <laughs> it is a flaw in life. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's just he, poor choice. Uh, <laughs> he, he is quick to punch things to death. Um, yeah. So that is actually part of it. So his oh. fatal flaw, or tragic flaw, however you want to refer to it. Reacting as, without thinking? Uh, is that he has no control over his emotions or strength. So he is insanely strong. No impulse control. I mean, he fights off the fucking god of war, injures him, grapples with the god of death, and wins. Like, he is fucking badass. But he also ends up murdering a lot of people because of it. And because he's so quick to anger and, like, be overtaken by grief and stuff, he lashes out and usually ends up killing people. Go figure. So... I did almost every character that appears in the Disney movie except for one. Pegasus. Yeah, I think the centaur you're talking about is actually in yeah. the Disney movie. Yeah, it's it's that's the centaur that Megara yeah. is. Yeah, because I remember the name. Yep. So the only one I left out is Pegasus. So Pegasus is created when Perseus kills Medusa. So Pegasus spawns from her neck. I don't ask. Um, and is later trapped by the hero Bellerf Bellerophon. And those two actually become really good friends. Um, he's the only one who's able to actually tame Pegasus, and they become really good friends. So that's why he's so not. Disney lie. Yeah, so it's like one of those heroes you never heard of sort of stories because he does a lot of things very similar to a lot of the other famous heroes. Like, he does some tasks that kind of mirror what Hercules does, that sort of thing. But because you have these other great heroes, he kind of gets overlooked. So, yeah, and definitely had to have a smart horse because almost every Disney movie has a smart horse. 
<laughs> so they just took Pegasus and threw him over here with Hercules. Yeah. And then, <laughs> so Disney didn't get it exactly right, but let's just say that turning Hercules into a family-friendly story and creating one singular villain is no easy task, considering all of the shit that we just went through. Yeah. So they do convey a lot of it. I mean, as we went through, like they they do a pretty good job, all things considered. It's not perfect, but it's, it's a great movie. movie. Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, it gets across a lot of Greek mythology to kids in a way that's not creepy incest rape filled. Um, you know. <laughs> so I kind of have to commend Disney for what they were able to do, given how utterly fucked up this is. I mean, this is probably one of the more fucked up ones we will cover here. <laughs> There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. It hit, I think, every trigger warning we could come up with. Yeah. Uh, as I was writing it up, I kept having to go back and add more to the content warning. And I was like, man. And then like when it got to the scene with the Gorgons, when he murders all the Gorgons, I was like, is this technically genocide? I don't know. Like, was like I was like, I don't know, but I'm going to add it anyways. That's why I said like is, what might be considered genocide. Because isn't that, isn't Medusa like deeply depressed about the loss of her sisters probably and uh, so it spawns from stupid hercules with his toxic yep. masculinity yep hercules kills them all because why the fuck not so. do you have a moral uh don't let hera be your stepmama that, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that is a good fucked up fable moral. I was like, oh, there's a real moral to this. Like, don't let your emotions rule yeah, you. Control you, they yeah. Up murdering everybody. Exactly. Yeah, I feel like this should be like a fucked up fable's life rule is don't let Hera be your stepmama. Unless your name is Jason. Yeah. And then it's we okay. should be ranking these with each episode and then like in our recap episode at the end of our our year, be like special episode here's our ranking of morals <laughs> right and with that we have completed disney month our first full month of theme yay <laughs> <laughs> um next wednesday inky Doo has a bonus episode that she's been teasing about for weeks that will kick off our next theme spoopy stories spoopy stories <laughs> something about a creature called a wendigo and that we might need barf bags (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna need them (laughs) to stay up to date on all the fun stuff head over to facebook which is f-c-k-e-d up fables instagram which is f underscore fables twitter which is e-f-f-e-d up fables we could not come up with any more ways to say I wasn't in charge of that. (laughs) And we even have a Gmail. (laughs) S-up.fables at Gmail. Let us know how much you enjoy the show and give us any suggestions. We also have a YouTube channel where you can check out which... What did I say? A YouTube channel you can check out for fun videos of us. There you go. That is F asterisk or F star C-K-E-D up fables and don't forget to oh no i have it now i'm done 